alcoholism. In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, how does today's decisions and choices affect your happily ever after? Oh, no. Here we go with happily ever after. And I know what's coming is once upon a time (laughs) and in a land far, far away. Am I pretty close? Yes. This show will be the highlight of my day. Actually, my my week. Well, well, that's saying a lot. I know. (laughs) Well, before we get too far into our show, we just want to remind everybody that you're listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriended.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Okay. Before we introduce our special guest, Bethany Jett, who is the author of The Cinderella rule, and that should be a clue to our conversation. <laughs> I have to share my favorite Cinderella story right now. Okay. I have to go into it. And it's, it's about you, of uh, course. I was going to say, I already know that this isn't going to put me in my best light. Whenever you say I have to share a story. <laughs> well, it, does, it just doesn't put you in a bad light. It just puts you in your authentic light. Let's just say that. Uh, because I remember a few years ago with our team, we, we, you know, we so believe and you got to have fun with your team and celebrate the vision. It's not always about you know meetings and the business, but just think of something creative to do. So we decided we're going to have a team over to your house. And we're going to have lunch and we're going to, we're going to have a party. And so you decided that we needed to see the movie Enchanted. Was that right? Oh, I love that movie. Enchanted. But you didn't stop there because you said, okay, not only are we going to watch the movie Enchanted and have, you know, a lunch meal, but we must all come dressed appropriately to truly embrace the moment in the movie Enchanted. Absolutely. The only way you can watch that movie is to dress appropriately. Well, and I must say, you know, I think the notice said something like, you must have a tiara, you must have, you know, like a prom dress, you know, glitter and dazzle, all of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're serious. And it was one of those things in your tone that like, don't even think about showing up. Oh, you wouldn't have been allowed in without all of that. So put a little pressure on me because I don't really have an old prom dress or Cinderella, but you know how much I love garage sailing. So this was like a God thing, I think, because (laughs) I'm like a little stressed going, do I go to Goodwill? What do I do? How do I get the proper attire? And I really wanted to make it over the top to really dazzle you and to really go, (laughs) okay, okay, little princess. So um, I happened to be at a garage sale like two weeks before, and they had this literally the Cinderella dress in in an adult size, Cinderella dress with all the chiffon and the tooling, and it It was was pink, and it had the jewels. I mean, it was totally a Cinderella, and it was $2, and it was just screaming my name. 
I got this thing and I didn't want to tell you. Oh, I wanted to surprise you. That and was I held amazing. It, and I'm like, okay, now I am really excited about this theme party. So I got a tiara and I had my dress. And when you opened the door, there I was, <laughs> complete costume. I was so excited. It was like a red carpet experience. And I kind of think in. I took your breath away <laughs> in a really healthy way, just must say, because you were not expecting me no. to be in my flowing thing. I thought you were going to fake it, wear your tiara and like, you know, maybe put a pink shirt on. That I wasn't yeah, going to no. take this seriously, but yeah. I did. Yes, you did. And so we all, all of the girlfriends, we all showed up in our outfits and, and you had the crowns everywhere and the tiaras. I mean, it was totally magical. I, and, and I was shocked. Out. Everybody really did come dressed like Cinderella. All of us really took it seriously because we knew that we were not allowed in the door unless we did. (laughs) And then, you know what? I got to tell you, I had an aha moment during that little time because we are all kind of sitting in your family room and I'm sitting on the couch and you're on the floor because you kept getting up. As I remember, you kept pausing the movie because you go, okay, you've got to listen to this line. Okay, this is my favorite part. And it took us twice as long to get through the movie. (laughs) But I remember sitting on the couch looking down at you. You were sitting there with this like delightful smile on your face, totally absorbing the moment. And I just remember thinking, she really does live in a land far, far away. She really does love happily ever after. She is so in her element right now. And it put a huge smile on my face to watch you be so excited. And it made it more exciting for me. So I totally, I think that was when I really realized you really that I'm do. Five. That you really are five. You live <laughs> land far, far away. But I'm, I'm seven. So I'm only probably two years above you. But it was really, it was a great, it was a great Cinderella enchanted experience. I, I, do, I do love that movie. And I do believe in the happily ever after. And that's why we're so excited to have our, our guest, Bethany Jutt, on the show. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Bethany. She won the Florida Christian Writers Conference um, Writer of the Year Award in 2012. Her debut book, The Cinderella Rule, hits bookstores in April of 2013. So Like two in, months? In two months, yeah. And then that will be released. Bethany speaks to parents and teens. And she also mentors students in her youth group. She coaches cheerleading and is raising three boys with her husband. So welcome, girlfriend. How are you, Bethany? Hi, how are you guys? We are awesome because we're we're really excited that we're in this whole Cinderella mindset. So <laughs> it's a great day. Yes, it is. I'm excited to see to talk to you guys again. Well, I'm actually surprised that Patty didn't make all three of us, and even Carrie, our sound engineer, wear our tiaras and our and our outfits today to celebrate, you know, and kind of get into the moment on this radio show. I'm really surprised you didn't put out an, like an all points bulletin out for us. Okay, I'm, I'm you're shaming me because I would have been all over that. I know. And this morning I was just like so caught up in doing life that that makes me really upset that you thought of that and I didn't. So okay, so let's all know. pretend that we have a tiara on our little heads right now and that we are totally embrace in the moment and it's going to be a happily ever after experience in the next hour well our sound engineer is like she can't believe that the princess pictures aren't online so now i i'm gonna um she's challenging me to go find those pictures and we have to put them online because they they really were you did do the red carpet walk when you walked in (laughs) (laughs) okay so we have to ask you bethany what was your inspiration for writing this book Well, my husband's a youth minister, and I've been working in youth ministry for about 12 years now, and I kept getting asked the same questions over and over, so I started a blog for my girls so that when they went to college and they couldn't get a hold of me right away, they could still find out the information that I would tell them, all of my advice, basically, 
And then I was encouraged to put it into a book format, and the publishers at Regal loved it. Now it's, now it's coming into a book. So it was my awesome. girl. Awesome. So what, like, what are some of the things that people are asking you questions to, to just go, okay, I've got to write this stuff down? Uh, uh, you know, what, if a boy likes me and I don't really like him, what should I do? Um, I like my boyfriend. He's doing this. I don't know what to do about it. My parents don't let me date, but I really like this boy. Um, lots of questions, a lot of questions about sex, what's too far, what's too much, um, what do I do when he asks me to do this, like all of that kind of stuff. How do I know if I'm ready to date? Just the whole those, are all, those are all great questions. I remember my husband and I did youth ministry a few years ago, um, and love that time. And I remember whenever we had the, that talk kind of with the kids and, you know, what's, what's too far and all that stuff, that was like they totally leaned into those conversations. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because that was probably 15 years ago. And mm-hmm. it is a different world now because of the social media and the access to the Internet and all the sites. So it, I can only imagine it, youth ministry and just even our conversations with our teens looks very different than it did 15 years ago because our, our world is very different. And just having these conversations, and Patty and I talk a lot because my kids are grown now. They're in their 20s, but Patty still has kids in that age group. And it is really hard just instilling the values. And so when, when our kids do have values anymore, they seem like the odd person out. And how do we start creating that culture where it's like, no, that is really cool to have those values and mm-hmm. to stick with that instead of being, I'm really odd because I'm not. And um, we've also talked just, just with the media and what's on the shows, mm-hmm. the reality shows. It is so in our face that this is normal. And it, we are really becoming desensitized as a culture. And we're seeing that even with parents. Yeah. Parents are becoming more lax because they're kind of loosening up their own values, which which carries down to their kids. So, um how have you seen all that? I mean, that is, it is tough. It is tough having those conversations and, and helping kids to go, it is still cool to be, to have the values. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think what was rated R when I was in middle school and high school is PG today. Mm-hmm. And so our, our teenagers, especially the girls, they don't seem to understand that a lot of what they're watching or what their guys are watching would really be classified as soft porn. Mm-hmm. But it's normal for them. So, you know, some of them went to go see Magic Mike when it came out, and it's about the stripper. And mm-hmm. that it, it was just not a big deal. And so it's even talking to my Christian kids, my Christian girls, and saying, okay, this is not okay. It's a totally different conversation. You're absolutely right. And I want to encourage parents to have conversations with their kids about this because the God standard hasn't changed, but ours has. And so we need to, to be on top of that. Well, we just have about a minute. We're going to take our first break. But you have said um, that there are five things um, your teens want, and should we say yes? And we all know that as a parent, that is the challenging thing. What do you say yes to? What do you say no to? Where do you compromise? Mm -hmm. Where do you really, you know, draw the line in the sand? And let's just really quick, we have a minute. What is one question that, that teens, or what is one thing teens want? That is One of the things that teens want today is social media access. And a lot of parents say, okay, but especially in middle school, the young girls, they really want to be on there. And sometimes parents have a hard time um, releasing their children to this online world of the unknown. And so I talk a lot about that. 
And that, and that is, that is a tough one. That's when we could really dissect because it's like yeah. filters and knowing what is appropriate, what's not. And that changes so yeah. much. Well, and it, it, you're right. It changes so much. Cause just when the parents realize, okay, I need to start focusing on Facebook, all of a sudden, uh, what is it? Instagram comes up or the snapshot, mm-hmm. you know, where the picture only stays on for 30 seconds. It's like all these other things will just pop up. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Bethany. When we come back, we want okay. to go into more of these five things. We want to go into, there's, there's so much here to unpack with the values and with teens. So we'll be right back with author and speaker, Bethany Jett. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are living in a world today that glorifies teen pregnancy, premarital sex, and the role of domineering females. Um, girls are sexting, they're experimenting and initiating the relationships that are taking place. And for, for young women, this world is not only perilous, but deeply frustrating and disappointing. And uh, we have uh, our guest today's a speaker and author, Bethany Jett. Um, Bethany, we were just, we left um, to go on a commercial break talking about you have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have all these, this social media that's out there. And this is something that the females 
seem to be grasping more than the male. So then I really do think that is what it, that changes the role to have the domineering females that are, I, I see it, my own sixth grader, she has a tendency because they, they can text and they, they love all that because they're so verbal. And I think it's making them a little bit more forward. So what, what are your suggestions for that, for the parents out there that are listening? One of my main suggestions is that parents know the username and passwords to all of their kids' social media, which can be daunting because there's so many different kinds, like you said. But Facebook and Instagram, especially because of the picture content that the girls post on there, um, parents need to be friends on Facebook with their kids. And if for any reason your teenager doesn't want you to be friends with them or have access, then that's a big red flag that something's going on that they don't want you to see. So I think just being aware and learning the basics of the of the program can really help, especially Facebook, because girls in my youth group, they post the most inappropriate pictures, and I know their parents would have a heart attack if they yeah. saw them. So I, they really have to, get, have to get involved in that. It's my number one thing is don't be afraid to say, you're my child, privacy is relative, and I'm choosing to be in control of this with you. Um, I, I think that's a great tip, and I have friends right now that are saying, I don't have time for Facebook. I don't understand mm-hmm. all that. And they don't understand truly what they don't understand is the significance of um, being on there and seeing what's going on. It's interesting because, um, and I'm telling all my secrets. So if my kids listen to the show, <laughs> but <laughs> just even the, the kids that make a comment, you can just go right on. And most of them don't have it on a private setting and you can right. see just what they like shares so many things about them. You can see what groups that they're after, what songs that they listen to. And then you already, you automatically know who your kids, um, who they're hanging with and their, their friends are this morning. My sixth grader showed me an Instagram picture of a gal in her class that stuck a huge, um, safety pen through her lip and coming out the other side. And that was what her posting was on, on Instagram. <laughs> I thought, okay, now, now, how long have you been friends with her, and why is she your Instagram? I mean, you have to, you have to have this dialogue. It's crazy. I, I've never Absolutely. seen anything like it. Absolutely, it's the it's the most important thing that parents can do. And I understand that a lot, you know, a lot of parents have the conversation with me, like you said, they don't want to stare at a computer screen again, and they also don't want to get wrapped up in. Facebook especially, but they have to. And a lot of kids have secret accounts if they don't want their parent. If the parent is their friend, they'll make another one to post other content. And so you have to be on top of it. And one thing I suggest in my workshops, I go to different, I go to churches and speak on this to parents, is to check the history browser of your child's laptop or your family computer randomly. And if there's ever a time where you see a bunch of, you know, deleted area, or they just deleted it, then that's a warning sign too that they've done something and they've covered their tracks because they don't think you know to look at that. Mm. That's a good tip. Yeah, that's that's an well. I, I know tip. so many parents are just like almost paralyzed from this because it's like I do, it's not intuitive for a lot in our generation like it is for you guys and the younger ones where it's just they're grown up under that and it just makes sense to them. Where mm-hmm. for us, is really have to think mm-hmm. <laughs> and really have to engage, yeah. it, you know, intentionally engage. And so many parents are too busy. They don't want to do that. And they, it's kind of like, you know, if I, what I don't know, I'm okay with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I know exactly. from having teenagers, 
I love it when their friends will actually befriend me. And I, I dialogue mm-hmm. that all the time with them going, I just love it how your friend so-and-so, you know, just added me on and befriended me. So it's just in, sto- in just conversation because then they know, okay, that, that pleases my parents when my friends do that rather than right. going the opposite way. And yeah, it's like, ah, oh, that's weird. That's creepy. I don't want my parents to be Facebook friends with my friends. Right, and and I caution parents to, at a certain point, don't be so strict against social media, especially Facebook. And I understand when they're young in middle school, especially early middle school, but at some point, if you just forbid Facebook, you're going to create um, a choice for them to either outright disobey you and create a secret one or not have it at all. And as a cheerleading coach, I've seen the few girls on my squad who don't have it, they miss out on stuff. And Facebook can be a good thing, but they miss out on, you know, we post their stunts that they were working on or their videos or the girls chat with each other about what to wear the next day. You know, there is, from your teen's viewpoint, it is part of their social world and and they want to be part of it. So I think letting them do it but under strict guidelines is the way to go with social media. And that's, once again, another great tip because you're right. Most likely then they're going to have, they're going to go on and get, it somewhere else at a friend's house and they'll start their own account. Even if it's in a whole different profile picture, a different name, they will most likely they're going to do it. Yes. They always choose fake names (laughs) as their secret ones, not even people's names. Sometimes it's nouns, just words. (laughs) Or or like they choose their pet, which is funny. It's like all Mm -hmm. of a sudden their pet is on Facebook. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's an interesting thing where as long as they can be on there, kids are sneaky and they're smart. They are. They are. And especially if you have a good kid, so a lot of parents are thinking, I have a good child. You you don't want to force that good child to be in a position where they they want to disobey you or, you know, you're making them choose in this area. I just don't think it's a battle that needs to be fought so strictly. I think it's something that opens up a conversation for parents with their kids because you get to see into their world. And they are, by friending them, you have access to them that you would never have otherwise. That's positive. Well, it really goes back to having just that open communication and that trust between your kids where they, they know mm-hmm. you trust them to some extent, but they also know there's some accountability. And that's kind of a fine yeah. line where you give them that trust. And we always told our kids, you know, trust is something you really have to earn and it can be lost very easily. Um, and we'll trust you with certain things until you give us reason not to trust you. But part of that trust comes from just having those conversations. And it, we see so many times there is such a breakdown in the communication between parents and their teenagers. And so they don't understand each other's world. And the teens will yeah. like, well, my parents just want to say no to everything or they're not for me having fun at all in life. And you, you see just the miscommunication, how that plays into all of this instead of going, I just want to be part of your world. I want to, you know, and just make it where those conversations can truly freely happen. Yeah. So well, I think parents would be surprised at how many of their friends are on Facebook. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this weekend we were uh, speaking in Florida and uh, you were at a, the the workshop um, where we were speaking. And I thought it was interesting. I'm kind of switching gears here, but there was a woman in class that made a comment on, you know, as you hear messages with uh, sexual purity and, and, and I know that's, that's what your, your book is, is about that for a lot of gals, we've hit it too late and they're reading this or they're hearing this and it's kind of shaming them to go, Hey, Mm -hmm. 
Why didn't someone tell me this earlier? And so my question is, how old do you think? I mean, I know a lot of it's just dialoguing from, you know, the time they're, they're young. But what age group do you think we should really start talking about the sexual purity? Oh, definitely middle school. Absolutely. I mean, your sixth grade daughter, um, if she's going to public school especially, she's hearing things, and if she's too embarrassed to ask you, she's going to ask her friends, which means her information is probably not very good because they all share stuff that's wrong. And I think, you know, you can, depending on your child, you choose how much to share, but it needs to be an open door where, where even though if you're embarrassed by answering her questions, she knows she can come to you because, I mean, kids, I mean, kids are getting pregnant in middle school these days, and they're, I hear stories about uh, kids, you know, the teacher's out of the classroom, and so two people will start doing something in a closet. And that was just not the world I grew up in, but this is the world that your kid is growing up in. So they just need to, I think you definitely need to start having this conversation maybe the end of fifth grade, depending on your kid, but definitely in middle school. Well, and that's good to know because so many times we think we wait to a certain age. And it also is understanding your kids mm-hmm. and knowing mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. you know, a 13-year-old is different than a 15-year-old. Not all 13-year-olds are the same or the, all the 15-year-olds. Right. Another thing I just remember with our kids is when your kids do talk to you and if they tend to tell you something, as Patty and I laugh about this because some of the things our kids have told us over the years, um, is don't act surprised or shocked because if you – gasp when they're telling you something that's kind of graphic mm-hmm. or kind of edgy mm-hmm. then they go oh that's this is not a safe place mm-hmm. you know and when you just kind of yeah. go okay so explain that to me and you kind of diffuse the moment or a shocking moment and just say let's talk about that so they realize okay i can talk to you about this i'm not going to get this not a reaction that's going to make me feel weird about it right nothing's new under the sun and Believe me, I've been there and I've heard it all. When they know that, they know it truly is a safe place. I, I know Absolutely. with my son, I he was like eight years old, I think, and my husband and I were sitting down and we were talking to him and um, I was using the term, and this is uh, PG-13 for anybody who has their uh, radio playing with kids in the room. I'm going to say a few things here. You're a body part, I think. <laughs> I'm saying a body part. Um, but... We were using the term penis, and finally my son was like, okay, I don't want to have this conversation anymore. And my husband was like, well, what's wrong? You know, what, what's going on here? And he goes, mom just keeps saying that word penis, and this is not fun. And, uh, <laughs> and so <Shocker. laughs> um, even that, it's like to be able to dialogue to that point that uh, it's in respect where they are, but still come back and keep having the conversations um, is, is so important. And that was yeah. probably way too young at eight. But then again, by the time he was nine, he felt so comfortable talking about anything. But he was not anything. your typical eight-year-old either. It goes yeah. back to age-appropriate, what you know, for your, right. knowing your kid. Well, Bethany, yeah. we're going to have to take a break here. We have less than a minute. And in our usual style, we, we start off really organized and we said, okay, we're going to talk about the five things. And we asked you, like, this one to a second, but we've never made it there. We're still, like, I think on the first one. So as we go into our commercial break, what is the second of the five things you say that teens want? And should we say yes? So give us, tease us going, what is the second one? And the second one is a cell phone. The cell phone. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the cell phone and and with your teens. And we're talking with Bethany Jett. We'll be right back.
This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to our show today with Bethany Jett. And Bethany is a, an author and a speaker, and she wrote the book Cinderella Rule, which encourages young women to understand that God created them to be his crowning achievement and teaches them to insist that the guys in their life treat them as such. And Bethany, we went into a commercial break talking about the cell phones, and I, I'm intrigued to see what you have to say about this because this is, this is really a... Uh, a hard topic. Yeah, it's a definitely a hard topic, and it's one that we, we have to figure out how to best utilize the resources that are available to us. So tell us a little bit more about the cell phone. All right. Um, I think with cell phones, um, specifically talking about smartphones because of all the features they have, I see a cell phone as a positive thing, and um, parents can oftentimes see it as um, there's so many concerns regarding it. So I just want to put your fears at ease and put parents... Um, let parents know what they can do to help keep their kids safe. One of the reasons I'm for kids having cell phones, even in middle school, especially for girls, is because of the GPS factor, and it's mm-hmm. something that you can track your kid, and you know where they are. And we use it in youth group when we go on trips. Um, we'll have all the kids you know, put us in their little app, and then we know where they're at. If we're at Universal Studios on a you know night trip or something, we know where they are instantly. But one of the reasons... Um, there's fear with the smartphone is because of the cameras that are built in. And this is the big thing that I stressed at my workshop is that sexting, which is texting about sex or sexually motivated texts, are very prevalent. And even the good kids, and I talk a lot about good kids because that's what I was, and I see how much freedom I had, which meant I didn't have a lot of accountability. 
So I, was, I had room to, to do things I probably shouldn't have done. So I like to focus on the good kids. But even good kids will will sext in a way because there's very little risk to them. They don't see it as permanent, and they don't see it as public as they would Facebook. So a picture they might post um, that they would never post on Facebook, they might send it to a boyfriend because they think he's the only one who's going to see it. Mm-hmm. And so that's become very, very prevalent. And I just encourage parents to, you know, it's always about random stuff. Randomly ask for your kid's phone and just look at the text. And if they don't want to give it to you, again, especially if they're dating someone, that is a big red flag. You need to take the phone and look at what they're talking about because most of the time there's, some, there's something on there that they don't want you to see. And I that I think it's so important too to let them know I trust you. Yeah. I've just heard so many stories about X, Y, and Z, and just keep dialoguing that it's not it's not that I don't trust you. It's just I'm I want to protect you, and and it happens so quickly. I know with my um, teenager, she started befriending a guy that was one of her girlfriends you know, friends that went to another school and she started telling me about him. And I, I try to continuously every day, like, who are you talking to? Who are you texting? Just like you said, look at their phone. <laughs> and, um, before I knew it, he had said some really inappropriate things to her that she was oblivious yeah. to. And, yeah. um, it threw her. <laughs> it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was even able to talk to her about that because, it's it's gross and disgusting. Some of the things that right. guys will say, and um, she didn't know what hit her. And so now with my next daughter, I am able to share, this is why I'm doing this, because I don't want you to be unprotected in a situation where you see something that it's just gross and disgusting and they're trying to say something to you. So I, I agree. We cannot have our head in the sand on this. We have to know daily what's taking place and who they're texting. And, um, I know the, Um, I'm sorry. What's that, Bethany? No, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, um, the, the picture thing, I even tell my kids that everything you put on there, any word, any picture, it's going out there into cyberspace where someone can grab. <laughs> it's not yes. just going to that person. It, once it's in cyberspace, anybody can look at, and people don't get jobs because of some of the things that are taking place with Instagram, Facebook, whatever. So unless you want to post it to the world, don't say it, don't post it. Absolutely. And I think with girls especially, and my, you know, my, my heart, I have three sons at home, but my heart in ministry is with my girls. They normally do not set out thinking that they're going to send a picture or say something racy to a guy. It, it never starts out that way. It just sort of slowly, you know, catapults there. And so all of a sudden they're taking pictures that they normally wouldn't. So for parents who think my kid would never do that, you're probably right. Like they never would do it until it slowly starts coming in. And because there no one's checking up on them and that accountability is missing, they do it. And so if I knew my parents, you know, if I knew my parents were going to ask me certain things, I would never do them. But when they, when the total, total freedom, you know, you run the risk of something happening. Well, and they see what's on television, which also, you know, you're watching a Victoria's Secrets commercial and they're wearing this beautiful bra and panties. And it's like, okay, then this obviously is appropriate. I know I had a neighbor who's daughter and her girlfriends were going into Victoria's Secrets. They were trying on these clothes in the dressing room and then taking pictures 
and putting it out there to the guys because they thought it was appropriate. Nobody had said, Mm -hmm. this is not appropriate behavior. And because she was checking the phones, she was able to see that and go, what are you thinking? (laughs) But for her daughter to be like, well, just these are beautiful. You know, it's like they think just like putting a bathing suit on. They had no idea how inappropriate. Well, you know what's yes, really absolutely. interesting is, is my daughter and I were watching the news the other night, and it was just it was like the the afternoon news or whatever, flipping through, and and it, it is sweeps. I guess February is sweeps month, and so the news stations are putting like their hottest you know news stories on or whatever. Well, apparently here in the valley there is um, this new like restaurant where the girls literally are hardly wearing anything, and it's it's they're in plaid and everything. Well, the cameramen were showing them and, and these girls, it was positioned such a way that this is kind of like theater and it's mm. not just serving. And they literally, the camera is zoomed in on the body parts mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let it go. And they, and even the newscasters are dialoguing and they just kept showing this visual and you're like, okay, if a teenager, this is like five o'clock in the afternoon. And they kept uh-huh. going over and over and showing this and it was very graphic. And it's just a restaurant that now is, you know, slanted this way and so our poor teens and even you know our husbands and and our world is so saturated Mm -hmm. with this that it's everywhere at all times of the day yeah Mm -hmm. yeah they are so desensitized mm -hmm, we totally are okay let's actually go into um our tip number three um of the five because we might make it through five we we might on this show (laughs) Okay, so what is the the third thing that our teens want, and should we say yes? Okay, the third thing is a car, and normally finances are, you know, are a thing here with this because you have insurance and repairs, the cost of the car, um, and all of that ties into uh, thing number four. So if finances weren't an option and, you know, you had unlimited money, would you get your child a car? That's where I'm headed with this one. And I think for girls, um, even if your daughter can't have a car now, I think that you need to make sure that you are their main source of transportation instead of a boyfriend or a guy. Mm. And that's really where I start with the car thing because I, in my book, I talk about looking back at my high school relationship. I stayed with him because he was my ride everywhere. And so uh-huh. my boyfriend was my freedom. And so even though we should have broken up like at six months, we stayed together for two and a half years. And I know it was because he was accessed. To everything that I dreamed of. And I really feel very strongly that, you know, if you can't afford a car, make sure that they can take your car or that you're taking them places and that the boyfriend is not the sole person driving them around. That's really interesting. I, that's one I have not heard. That's like, um, I stayed friends with people in elementary school cause they had a swimming pool. So that kind of shows the type of person I am. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I never even thought about that because you're right. It's that freedom of, I have to stay with this guy because this is the, mm-hmm. here's my wheels. Yeah. And they, and again, your teenager's not thinking of it in terms like this. It wasn't until years later, I looked back and I realized, and then in writing the book, a lot of that came out. And so I realized, okay, maybe this happens to a lot of other girls too. And they don't realize it. So being very, just making sure that your child has transportation and is not solely dependent upon that guy because there's so much more that gets tied into that than you would want to believe. And so that's really my caution when it comes to the car as a con besides the, you know, the, in, you know, the finance part of it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think, you know, it's a, it's a big deal for, you know, a teenager and especially for girls. If, if we had daughters, um, my husband and I had decided that we would either help them, you know, get a car. Dave Ramsey does like a matching thing with his kids or they could get, you know, used reliable one, but that would have been one of our main things to focus on just for that reason alone. Mm-hmm. 
And it is, you know, you bring up a good point, like even with your daughter and with your son, you, you do have to parent differently to, in today's world yeah, and mm-hmm. be aware of, <laughs> because it is a different world for a, a gal versus, you know, your son. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing what is appropriate and what is not. And, and I love that you guys said, you know, if we have a girl, this is what we're, so you're knowing your values and your rules ahead of time and you're not yeah. <laughs> creating them on the fly. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, yeah. a lot of parents make that mistake. It's like, I don't even know what I think is appropriate. And, and instead of going, this is what teens want, this is what, and, and to be unified as parents, yeah. husband and wife to be unified yeah. going, we both agree that this is appropriate or we both agree that this is not appropriate. Mm-hmm. And just Absolutely. even having that dialogue and that conversation with, you know, with your spouse. Well, one thing that's really easy today in our society with speaking of the, the car is because they've been um, texting and Facebooking and they're, they're, they've established this relationship um, that they don't think anything of, or they're just, they're going out as a group of people and they're meeting at Sonic or whatever. What's really big for us is that you have to, um, if it's going to be like a, a one-on-one date or you're just going with this one person somewhere, they have to be here at our house first. Mm-hmm. And you either, they have yeah. to be here for dinner. We have to all watch a movie together. You can't, you're not allowed to just go meet this person somewhere. And I, I know parents all over that they don't, they don't even know that their kid is going. And sometimes it makes meeting. you the bad guy because yes. you're like, it's like, mom, nobody else is doing. It's like, yeah, you know, how many times do I hear that line? It's like, I don't care what anybody else is doing. This is this <laughs> is what we do here, yeah. and just having that conversation and and also letting them know the why to that. This is why mm-hmm. it's for your protection. You have no idea because I know even with my daughter when we were in that season, you know, she came back later going, I am so glad you guys had those yes. boundaries because I saw other other friends that didn't mm-hmm. and. It didn't go well for them. Mm-hmm. And I even dialogue that. I always use your kids as an example. So my kids will probably really dislike your kids. <laughs> no, but I do. I use that. It's like, okay, this is why. And later on in life, they appreciated it because you had these boundaries. Absolutely. Well, we are actually progressing through. We're going to have to take a, a quick break. We've been talking today with author and speaker Bethany Jett. We're having just some great dialogue about parenting, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate when it comes to our teenagers, which is is a difficult subject in our world today with social media and everything that's being bombarded with. Um, it, it is a challenge. So stay with us. When we come back, we are talking about the five things our teens want. Should we say yes? I think we might be moving toward tip number four. We'll be right back with Bethany Jett. This is Girlfriend it on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. 
Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose and all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriend at Radio with our guest speaker and author, Bethany Jett. And Bethany, you talk about when young women understand who God created them to be, they understand more fully the confidence they need to set high standards for themselves, as well as the wonderful rewards in store for those who patiently wait on the Lord for His purpose and plan. And um, I, I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I keep telling my kids that, because if they keep hearing that, they they really do get the idea that they have to have those boundaries and if it's set up, those values and boundaries are set up ahead of time, then they know who they are and they can confidently um, move forward. And we were discussing the five things your teen wants that you should say yes to or at least talk about um, if you should say yes. And we talked about social media, how it can be a positive thing, but just be aware this is how you embrace it. We talked about the cell phones. This can also be a real positive thing, but we have to make sure that you're you're watching and looking and knowing passwords. And we, we left on um, a car, and that was a really good reason as to why you should consider them having a car. And so what is the fourth thing that we should contemplate saying yes to? The fourth thing is either a job or an extracurricular activity. So... Um, if they're if they're homeschooled or if they go to public or private school in the afternoon, there needs to be something for them to do besides just homework. And so, you know, parents choose either usually either a job or an extracurricular activity depending on how you know how serious their kid is for college. But um, being participating in team sports and just looks makes you look so well rounded. And even if the extracurricular activity is band or drama, not just sports. It looks good on a college application as well. So those are really good things to consider for a parent. And my, my big charge on this is that bored kids get into trouble. Mm-hmm. And so if your kid is at home and you're not, let's say you work and your kid's at home, uh, you don't know who's over at their house while you're not there. And even the good kids, you know, might go over to a boyfriend's house and their parents aren't there. And you may have never asked if the parent is there or not because you don't think that they would go, but they do. And so anyway, so I want your kids to be participating in something and you know for a job it instills responsibility but it also instills 
a respect for authority that isn't tied to their grade. So, you know, kids back talk to their teachers all the time. They're not concerned about their grades. But if money is the key thing that they're getting, they're going to respect the person who's providing their paycheck. So it's a way to instill some responsibility in them by somebody else. So anyone who can help you as a parent, you know, teach that is a wonderful thing. Yes, I, I'm huge on the jobs. If you're in, if you're not completely um, engaged in sports at, at the school and you have an opportunity to work, I think if, if you have a teen that's coming home and you aren't there, then you're just waiting for disaster to take place. <laughs> well, I remember hearing when my kids are little, um, and we tend to go, I need to be home when my, in the first five years, which, is, you know, for some, that is really important. But then a lot of times people go, I'll be home with my kids for the first five years, and then I'll go to work, and then they think it's okay when they're, they don't see the value necessarily when they're in teen, yeah. the teen years. They see the value up front and not yeah. the value at the end. And so many people will say, okay, really, if you're going to choose, you should be home more when they're right. a teenager so you know what's going on in your house, but they're coming home. So they know they're not coming home to an empty house full of opportunities yeah. and, and yeah. that there's some accountability and someone there. And I remember that was really, that was really interesting because we don't think that way a lot of times and we don't realize, you know, and, and when a teenager is bored, that is a really bad combination. I read that from three to five is the number one time that teens are having sex when they did it. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Cause that's when yeah. mom and dad aren't home yet. Exactly. Absolutely. Interesting then, data. Interesting data. Yes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think boredom is one of, depending on what surveys you look at, but boredom is the number one reason that teens do have sex. And for, for parents very concerned, of, you know, I should say for parents who don't think that their kids are going to do that again, then it's usually not consciously thought. It just, they say it just happened. It's because they were bored. They should have been somewhere with a coach or they should have been in a job or they should have been with a band leader somewhere that there were a lot of people around mm-hmm. It makes them more well-rounded, but it also um, helps them get better grades and stay out of trouble. So there's lots of good reasons for that. But, again, I always see them on the one thing, and the one thing is exactly that, that bored kids get into trouble. And the number one reason for teenage sex is usually boredom. So mm-hmm. keep them busy. Well, that's great when you start identifying that. And, I mean, that's a challenge to go, okay, what is happening in my home between three and five if I'm not there? And just, you know, mm-hmm. just there's so many great things. You know, just the con- communication conversation. I remember with my it was my uh, with my daughter even initiating going when you kind of calling her out by saying okay this is what I think you're thinking and this is what I think you're wanting to do when I tell you no here you're going to go to a friend's house and because her parents let you and then you guys are going to go do this and this and I mean her jaw dropped because that was her plan and when I could uh-huh. tell her her plan and go and I just try remember going because we were in youth ministry I kept telling my kids we've heard every story in the book we know every uh-huh. manipulative plan and we were once teenagers ourselves, so there's nothing that's going to get biased and that's going to fool us. Really made them think that, even though you know we weren't everywhere all the time. But they right. could hear into them, and it really was it was good. But initiating those conversations sometimes ago, is this what you're thinking? And yeah. call them out on it, and so you're not the dumb parent. And and not only are you call them out, like just when they let's say you have a bunch of teenagers over and they're all in the bedroom hanging out or it's good to just go in there and just chit chat with them and get to know the friends. I know um, I had one friend, her, her girls were all going in the room and they were, they had a whole bottle of vodka in there. They were sure they were at at the house, but they were waiting for mom and dad to go to sleep and they were right there underneath her nose, you know, 
totally getting drunk at night, which I guess apparently that's good because they're not out driving. But um, if you are engaged and you're going in there and you're having conversations, that you're going to be more aware of that, of mm-hmm. that taking I, place. Yeah, I agree. I think that parents find this to be a fine line when they, especially when the older they get. So when your kid is in, you know, junior or senior year of high school, there's a fine line between am I their friend or am I their parent? And what I've seen with the kids in our youth group, you know, throughout the youth groups we've been with, is that the cool parents are the ones that have boundaries. And so we have a kid who comes and sleeps on our couch maybe four times a month, but um, and he knows that's open, but it's, it's just kind of about this boundary issue. Like we have rules mm-hmm. at our house, even as Justin and I, and I see the other parents in our church who are strict. They are the parents that these kids who do not come from good homes, they flock to them, and they don't mm-hmm. flock to the other parents. It's interesting that kids are searching for this boundary. So I think that, you know, the more you parent, even in those last few years of high school, the better a relationship you're going to have when they graduate and they leave, and then you can start building more of a friendship. But cool parents have boundaries is, is what I tell them in my workshop. Mm-hmm. That is that is a great that's a great thing to just put, even position that, that you are cool for having boundaries. Cause a lot of mm-hmm. parents feel like I am such the negative person. I, I am the bad guy all the time, but to go really position that in the minds of our teens and in the minds of our parents. Okay. I'm going to mm-hmm. do a drum roll here because we're coming toward the end of the show and we're coming to tip number five. We're actually going to complete it. <laughs> so would you Yay. share with us your tip number five of what teens want and should we say yes? All right. Tip number five is the bank account, which goes along with having a job and then or saving up for a car. And we have one parent in our church who was very good with her daughters, and I'm going to model it with my boys when they're old enough. But she always gave them um, – she started out with prepaid cards when we would go on youth trips. So if, if kids lose cash, they send cash and all kinds of crazy stuff at conferences. Um, but her daughters had to bring back every receipt that they spent. So when they had prepaid cards – um, whatever money she had allotted to them, she would give the, the you know, remainder of it to them if they could prove everything that they had spent their money on. So it's sort of like a great way to track their expenses. And then when, when they got old enough, she gave them um, bank accounts linked to her bank account. And so I just I think parents, um, this is a great thing for parents because you can see where your kid is spending the money, and you can also put money in if they need it, but you can take it out. And I just think this is a great way not I hate using the word control, but that's kind of what it is. So mm-hmm. you'll have a lot less rebellion in your house if your kid knows that if he smarts off, you're going to pull that 50 bucks out of his account and he's not going to the football game or he's not going, you know, he can't take his girlfriend out because he has no access to money anymore. And I think this is just a powerful tool for parents to teach responsibility how to, you know, balance a checkbook before they go to college, which is one of the number one areas where credit card companies set up because they know they can get your kid. They don't know what they're doing. They usually have a little bit of credit because of having a cell phone sometimes in their name or a car, and then they get into trouble. And I think this is the key area, the key time to start talking about money with your kids. And I think a bank account is crucial, but it also helps you as a parent sort of remain in charge because you, you have access and control that but with them. You know, I want you to partner with your team, but it's also a way for you to make sure they don't start mouth and off and doing stuff. Absolutely. I am such a strong advocate on this one. I I agree because that is exactly what happens. Like you said, in college, 
all of these credit card, you know, you, it's like, wow, get a free meal, get a free credit card. And so they sign yep. up and it's like, oh, I have money. And we, we've yep. positioned them in college to go, you can take out loans, you know, grant right. all this money. You'll pay back later when you're making all this money, supposedly. And these kids are graduating and they're not making all this money. And now not only do they have the debt of college, they have the debt of all these credit cards and they never learned you know, way back when you were 13, 14, 15 years old, how to manage that money in your, in your household. So that, Absolutely. that is a great tip. It's also a window into your kid. What do they spend their, they, you know, they say what you spend your money on is what you value and you'll mm-hmm. be able to see what your kid values when you're looking at what they're spending their money on. It's probably food, yeah. <laughs> food and gas, but you know, you'll be able to, to just kind of secretly be involved in your kid in another way when you can, you know, monitor their money. And dialogue with them. Okay, I see that you're at Jamba Juice and Starbucks, you know, two or three times a week. What if you save that money and you could get that outfit you wanted or you can, you know, save that for college and you can dialogue. Why is that Starbucks and that Jamba Juice so important to you and so significant when that $15 a week could better be placed over here and help them in their decision making and guiding them? Absolutely. And it's another way to teach your child to tithe. So if your kid has a job, hopefully you're teaching them to save, I think Dave Ramsey says save 10%, tithe 10%, and then put the rest, you know, use that as your means to live on. But for parents who are thinking, my kid, you know, is going to get a football scholarship, my kid's involved in band, uh, they don't get a job. I think a good thing to do is to have some sort of income coming into your child by the form of an allowance or commission. And so I always tell parents, you know, there's some things that your kids do at home because they live at your house. Like they need to take out the trash just because they have your last name. But on the other hand, there could be some jobs they could do to earn some money that are, you know, just extra things. And in that way, they start learning how to, you know, buy their own stuff, which is what my mom did to us. She said, this is the shampoo I'm buying. If you want different shampoo, you have to buy it. And that had to come out of, you know, the allotment that she had given us. And it starts teaching that, you know, budgeting. But um, what I've learned from teens whose parents do this is that they're more willing to shop at Target when it's their money and more at the mall when it's their parents. Well, Bethany, we want to thank you for joining us today. Your book, The Cinderella Rule, comes out in April. Thanks for being our guest. You can find more information about Bethany and Girlfriended at girlfriended.com. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. Yourself. 